Alright. Yo, it's another Speak on the episode. It's your boy Akil. Uh back again with another episode. Last week we had one. Uh today we have a special guest, Caitlin. Appreciate you for coming on. Um, so how how has everything been going with you? It's been honestly, this time has been great. Uh-huh. And unfortunately for some people, I, my heart goes out to the people that have been sick and everything. Right. But for me, I've taken a lot of time to debrief what has all happened this year. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I haven't had a second since last January to just breathe. So yeah. it's been really nice to like journal and be really present with my thoughts. Okay. I agree with that. I feel like this time has really, you know, allowed me to figure out what's most important to me. And like, like being around my loved ones and figuring out like what's the next step, you know, after graduating and whatnot is really giving me that time to like breathe and, and uh, figure out, you know, what's next and whatnot. So during this time, have you hopped into new any new TV shows, music like like what's going on with that? I have been listening to so much music, but I've also been doing a lot, <laughs> playing a lot of instruments. Okay. I ordered probably 10 different things. So mm. I got a saxophone and electric guitar. Okay. I already had two acoustic guitars, piano. I got, I'm getting a hand pan in. Okay. A kalimba. <laughs> so <laughs> so everything, the whole set, the whole set. <laughs> I've been trying to make my own music. Okay. Um, and then what did I just start watching? Girls. Girls. And it's been awesome. Yeah. As far as instruments, it's funny, though, because I've been wanting to buy an acoustic guitar for, like, months, but I keep putting it aside for whatever reason. But, you know, soon I want to uh, hop into that and probably just watch some YouTube to really you catch on, like, how to, like, how to, you know, really play it. Um, but I'll do that. And as far as me, with when it comes to shows, only thing I've really been keeping up with is Insecure. You watch Insecure? Have you seen it? No, heard but I've heard it? so many great things about yeah. it. Yeah, it's dope. It's based out of L.A. I mean, can't complain. Issa Rae's, you know running in and everything but this season it's been kind of up and down uh but the past seasons were, were really good at least well yeah no i'm gonna start that okay yeah start that for sure um how do you feel um with the lack of like regard for you know people's own health and others like during this whole time you're like you know we're seeing a lot of videos on social media of people like really out partying like, I think that's, that's, you know, taking the next step, you know, during this time. I don't know. I know, I know for me, I wouldn't be partying. I mean, I'll hang around the people that are closest to me. But I don't know about, you know, going out and doing that whole thing. How do you feel about all that? Yeah, I think partying is a different level. Um, I feel like people have been getting mad at me because, like, I spend a lot of time outside, mm-hmm. which is not breaking the law right, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not at all. You got to so, still step outside, um, get some air. I don't know if I'm, like, the best person to speak on this. Okay. But I definitely would say partying's It's out. It's out. Hiking and everything, no. It's, Hiking is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for all that, right? So we're going to transition a little bit into just, like, you know, your upbringing and, you know, how gymnastics have been so pivotal, like, during your life. So, like, how old were you when you started and, and like, what really made you pursue gymnastics? So I started when I was three. My mom actually did it in high school. Okay. So she kind of put me in. She was like, you were doing cartwheels in the womb. I would play with toys upside down. Mm-hmm. I would climb up walls. I would flip over couches. So we would, I just got put into it and I fell in love immediately. Mm-hmm. When I was nine, it was kind of like, everyone's like, she's different. Okay. And I got um, looked at from a coach that lived in Missouri. And from that moment I moved and mm-hmm. pursued like the elite career, the Olympic okay. career path. Okay. And made national team by the time I was 12. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was 16, I was miserable and injured. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Like when you say like you were miserable and everything because you got hurt. 
um, speak on because it was your back, right? Mm-hmm. So like mentally, physically, emotionally, like what was that like when it first happened and the whole like recovery process? I feel like I don't, have never really gotten to the recovery process, right. but um, I remember I was so miserable with the sport that yeah. the first thing that I heard or like what I felt when they told me that I might not ever do gymnastics again mm-hmm. was like, I felt free and light mm. and I will never be judged again by the way I look or what I've done and all these different things right. just came to mind. And so I was so relieved. And then I realized I was like, hmm, I don't like myself and that's the only thing I'm left with. I've yeah. only done gymnastics. That's the only thing I know. Mm-hmm. So I went through this process. I went back to high school. Um, it was my junior year of high school okay. and I was homeschooled the previous four years so I kind of got exposed to a lot of things really fast Mm. and when I was in a dark place um and then I got introduced to poetry which was kind of what saved me yeah and writing in general my journals and all these different things and I started finding a new goal path okay which looked a lot like college gymnastics for mm-hmm. me but it was still like I don't really know what gymnastics yeah. is like but it took me a full year to get there because I hated the sport for so long and me and my mom would constantly be in fights I actually ran away during this time in my Re- life that's quite that's <laughs> crazy that's crazy because I was going to ask you like like what was your relationship like with your parents like going through um your childhood really pursuing gymnastics and not really enjoying like a I guess a normal childhood people would say like how was that that relationship with your parents it was there were ups and downs you know Mm -hmm. because I think as children we don't understand that our parents honestly for the most part they know and they want what's best best for you exactly Mm -hmm. and so I was hard-headed I probably still am Uh (laughs) I was just like I didn't understand why they were pushing me so hard and it put a lot of pressure on me because Mm -hmm. I felt like I split my whole family up I moved away from home when I was nine with just my mom and one of my brothers while my dad and my Uh two brothers stayed back and so I felt like I needed to succeed okay. to feel like I had, you know, not ruined the family. Uh-huh. And that put a lot on me. I, my relationship with my dad kind of grew apart, even okay. though my dad's like the best person okay. ever. Yeah. And then my mom, she was the one that was kind of pushing me in gymnastics. And that kind of strained our relationship for a really long yeah. time. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's deep because I know a lot of guys who play basketball and their parents pushed them to the point to where they don't even want to play anymore. Um, I know for myself growing up and really loving basketball and playing in my whole life, kind of the same thing, like mom and dad pushing me uh, to be the best version of myself, you know, on the floor and and really wanted me to succeed. And, you know, you get to the point sometime where, like, you just want to, you know, have that equal balance, uh, especially at during those pivotal years of your young childhood. You're taking it and putting so much time into a sport rather than, you know, other interests so you you want it to to work out in the end you don't want to feel like you wasted that time so so i agree 100 percent. and i read something you were like you had to train for like 36 hours out of the week and i'm just like man that that's crazy at a young age to be training that long so like do you feel part of your childhood was taken away from you it's interesting to think back on it because I think I was so invested and so involved that I didn't realize that it was taken away. And when I look back, it's like it still wasn't taken away because I got to go on so many trips. Like mm. I went to Italy. I went to South Africa okay. when I was like 12. And my parents have never got that chance okay. or opportunity. So I'm really grateful for all the people I met. Yeah, like sometimes it's like I didn't really have a childhood. Yeah, yeah. But I learned so much at such a young age that it was 
it's mm-hmm. it was all worth you it. You got to cherish. Yeah, you just got to hone all that in and, yeah. and be grateful for it at the end of the day. Exactly. Um, so, like, talk about just, you know, being a part of the Olympics and, and accomplishing so much at a young age. I, so, I actually didn't go to the Olympics. Oh, no. No. Okay. So, the year... 2012, okay. which is when I had like the potential to go. Uh-huh. I was 15 instead of 16. So you have to be turning 16 the year of the Olympics. And okay. I was four months too young. Okay. By 2013, that's when my injury came about. So uh, so then 2016 was yeah. out of the picture. So you transitioned into yeah. like wanting to go to UCLA and everything. Yeah. Okay. So talk about that a little bit. Just, you know, pursuing an opportunity at UCLA and you know, being so good there and accomplishing so much. Um, so at first, I remember getting there my freshman year, and it was, I think I had just got back into it. I took two years off. My senior year is when I finally got to come back and compete. Okay. And I just knew I wanted to go to UCLA because it was the only college I knew. Oh, really? <laughs> I, didn't, I was like, I don't know what college is. I don't know yeah. any other college, but everyone talked about UCLA and Miss Val. So, oh, well, that's crazy. So there wasn't like... Uh, like three, four, five options. It was like, ah, UCLA, that's it. Yeah. That's where I want to be. Yeah. I mean, you can't complain, though. It's in LA by the <laughs> beach. I mean, exactly. I was like, pros and cons. I weighed them out and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, is, why not? Why not? That's crazy. So, talk about Miss Val and her impact on you. I know you, you said she helped you find that love and passion again. So, just talk about like your um, relationship with her and just, you know, some of the things you went through at UCLA uh, as far as like in gymnastics and just being being a student. Um, so one thing that I love about me and Miss Powell's relationship is mm-hmm. it did not come easy. And okay. I think you could look at us now and be like, oh, they've always had that type of bond. Okay. No, not, really? at no, all. not at all. My freshman year, I came in and I was probably a nightmare. Really? And she kind of was the one that helped pick me back up and piece me together. Mm-hmm. But it was, I don't, I think as elite gymnasts, a lot of us have so many mental issues that Mm. we come in and we try to compartmentalize it all our entire lives. So we just get to college and we're like wild children. And thankfully, she allowed us to express ourselves in ways that I know a lot of coaches don't. Don't. Mm -hmm. And on top of that... what else was that? I don't remember what I was going to say. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> what was, like, your relationship with, with her? And, like, how, how was she able to help you, like, positively as far as, like, finding that love and passion again for, for Um, I feel like, yeah, by allowing us really to express ourselves and mm-hmm. caring about me more than just a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Because when I went to, before that, I was known as, like, you know, just the gymnast. That's yeah, how I like, to be. nobody really knew you full circle. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so... When she was like, I remember one day we were having a conversation. She was like, I'm so happy. Like, you're not like this straight A student. Uh, it was uh, like, yeah, yeah. Ri- really? She was right. like, yeah, because like you would do what you had to, to mm-hmm. get done with, uh, to like be done with school, mm-hmm. to get through school. And you would take life and have all these experiences. And yeah. I know a lot of coaches probably would. I remember one day I was like, hey, Miss Val, I already had something scheduled that day. Like I was going to hold a shoot. I yeah. was going to be, you know the director Doing and photographer like, and she was yeah. like all right just, just go take do a it personal day like mm-hmm. do that and i was like oh. that's and that's so big um for i feel like a lot of coaches don't take the necessary time to to really learn and figure out who their players really are outside of the arena 
Um, and that's so big and, and getting the best out of that person on and off the floor, I feel like, because you have to build that relationship. And if you don't, then there's going to be all of those other things that come into play that are negative that the coach isn't going to want to put up with. But it's just like, man, did you even ask me like how I was doing today or, or how things are going? It's just more so, man, you didn't score this or you didn't do that. So so I'm, I'm angry with you, you know. So that, it, that's definitely big um, that she, you know, took the time. Like you said, like you have to build a relationship when you first got there. It wasn't all green. It was, you know, you had your ups and downs and she had to figure you out and you kind of had to figure her out, I feel like, too. So, yeah. so, so that's like big. Also, when there's not that trust, trust mm -hmm. between the player and the coach, it's not going to, you're not going to get the best results. Exactly. There, that has to that, be. That has to be pivotal. Uh, talk about a little bit, um, as far as student athletes and being paid, uh, are you an advocate for that? 100 <laughs> percent all right so so give me your, your uh, viewpoint on it i definitely think that you get paid i know it's a different time for me at least uh, in high school kids weren't really on instagram and if they were they didn't have the millions and hundreds of thousands of followers quite yet but now with the kids that are in high school they're kind of like building their own brand um aside from basketball already whether it's fashion or just you know having those having that voice and having all those followers at a young age so talk about that a little bit and and, and why you think they they should get paid so I believe that, especially, I think there needs to be certain things that need to be monitored. Mm -hmm. But for instance, when you can't even take something that you enjoy doing on the side and you can't make a living off of that, right. that's when it's the worst. Because mm -hmm. it's like, I wanted to write a poetry book, which I actually have a poem that will explain all my thoughts uh -huh. on this bill. Okay. So I'm going to pull out my phone. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to read <laughs> Go ahead and do that. Lost connection when there's talk of compensation. As if there should only be gratification for the scholarships provided across the nation as we watch NCAA profit over a billion dollars off the back of athletes, filling up arena seats, enjoying all the close defeats, and when I saw all my retweets, that money went to everyone but me. The NCAA aids in providing the stepping stones to our path, something that very few of us could afford to do on our own. And in return, we sign away our names without question, thinking that's the only way to pay our loan. So yes, I talk about money for the ones that earn more for NCAA than their scholarship's worth. The ones that are on a full ride, making a, not making a dime, of course. The ones with jerseys still being sold in the student store. And the ones that continue watching their family struggle and be poor. But put that aside because it's something you can't ignore. The unfathomable denial to claim our own unique likeness and name. Our inability to utilize our opportunities the same as any other student that has a different type of scholarship. To earn a profit off a YouTube clip to be a DJ and earn a tip, or to be a programmer who creates a software chip. Unable to promote our other projects because it's connected to our name. They'll pull your eligibility and you'll be the one to blame. Identity and opportunity all misplaced, a favorless taste of dishonesty and corruption. The SB 206 bill was long overdue to make an eruption. Giving sports that have a younger peaking age a chance to make money at the Olympics and in college still compete, something that no teenager should have to decide, choosing the wrong thing, feeling incomplete. This bill gives the unfortunate stories before us the ability to not repeat. And together, athletes will rise to rightfully earn what we deserve in our feet. Yeah, that's fire. That's fire. And, and you touched on so much in there. <laughs> like, it's like I want to I talk about each little thing you touched on, but I can't because it's so much. <laughs> but just 
the fact that the NCAA doesn't understand, aside from the scholarship money we're getting, like some people are struggling. Like some people's families are really struggling. So, yeah, you might it might, you know, take care of our housing and a little bit of groceries here and there and our books and all that. But it's like it's so much more to life. When you think about especially living in L.A., Mm. that money oh it goes straight to rent i know so many friends that mm-hmm. live with their parents right. because their parents need help with money and mm-hmm. so they're paying the rent for their parents yeah and, you know all these different things but on top of that i feel like we have the right to our you can't disconnect yourself from your image and name and likeness exactly <laughs> so i can't promote something because mm-hmm. i do a sport right like, that's so messed up and right. s- on so many levels mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And me being, you know, an athlete for five years and, and playing basketball and seeing all the time and dedication I'm putting into this sport and and trying to get the best out of it for my coaches, fans, teammates and all this. And to be like some people literally say they go home hungry and all that. Like, that's just unacceptable to me. Like the and I think recently they started something where like majority of the high, you know, D1s were were um, giving uh, their student athletes uh, free food, but it's not like at every university. I went to a Division two school, you know, so so it's definitely tough that that these athletes can't get paid, and and with all that they go through, and they literally have to run through a wall for these universities, and and don't get any sort of compensation. On top of that, I feel like we're so invested in our sports for the full four years or five years that if we had the opportunity and the means to go and pursue other things and start get our foot in the door Mm -hmm. before our college career is over, then we could have like this head start and help us not just fall. Because NCAA talks about helping us on the field and off the field, but I don't see anything off the field and I don't see anything after. We're disposable to them. Yeah, I was talking to one of my teammates recently actually, and he was saying like, man, like at least we know we have the work ethic and we can push through anything. So when his boss tells him to do something, it's like second to none. Like, oh, I've done stuff way harder than this. But when it when it came to him applying for jobs and trying to find something, he had put so much time into basketball um, and his craft, you know, individually, just so he can be his best version. But when it was time to apply for jobs, it was just like, man, like he didn't have any sort of experience. So it was two times as hard for him to find something and, and really, you know, wait that time for, for a job to accept him and hire him and, and be comfortable because he just didn't have that experience because he had put so much time in, you know, being a student athlete, exactly. you know. So being you were on the shop, right? Yeah. And they signed the the bill and everything. Just talk about that experience as being amongst like LeBron and 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 some of those guys cuz I know like I I've, I haven't been around LeBron. I don't think so. And just like <laughs> being around that that sort of like greatness and, and being in that room like how was that? It was it was surreal, right? but it was also such a funny story cuz it was like my agent was like, yeah, you're just going to be st- uh, like standing there mm-hmm. next to Governor Newen while he signs the bill. Right. So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I didn't really know what's happening. And like 10 minutes before I go on, uh-huh. I asked my friend, I was like, hey, so so what exactly is happening? And she's like, you're going to be on the shop with like that's, LeBron. That's so fire. I like, like, I'm watching all of the shows and <laughs> and it's, it's such good content and, and what they're talking about um, and the variety of people they have on there from from actors to actors to athletes to to whoever it is like it's it's a good mesh of individuals that go in there yeah no they're awesome and mm-hmm. nancy skinner the one that fought for this whole entire bill uh-huh. has been such a forefront leader okay. that at, she's just outstanding as a woman and yeah. as a person and everything that she's done for sports so it's really cool to see okay 
Yeah, that's dope. I'm like, man, I need to get on the shop. They need to hear some of my insight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can bring something to the table. Yeah. Uh, so talking about like you being a, a young role model for, for individuals and dealing with the negative side of social media, um, how do you cope with those type of comments and people? Um, I think that there's a lot of different ways. So for me, everything is energy. Energy. Energy is everything. Can, you know, I'm starting to realize that more. Exactly. It's everything. And you can let things like wash over you or you can let them affect you negatively or positively. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Sometimes my heart goes out to the people that put negative things out. Like, I'm like, I want to reach my hand. Yeah, yeah I wish I wish like, you your best. You hug, yeah. Because you know? you're hurting. Yeah. You're in pain. And I don't know the reason for that. Right. But it's so much easier to take, a, like, to type something positive than negative. Right. You know? And so I just feel like it's easier also to let it wash over you. Okay. And whatever energy they're putting out, they'll get full fold back. Mm-hmm. So. Unfortunately. Always, yeah. you know. Being mindful of what you put out there because you never know what someone's going through. You never know. And it took me a really long time to develop the skin that I have to right. be able to... To not give a fuck, basically, yeah. right? To, like, do you and be, you know, accepting of yourself and and all that. I, f- I feel you 110% with that. I'm trying to work on that not caring more so attitude what, what what people have to say. Obviously, like, your loved ones, you cherish what they have mm-hmm. to say and you take it and you apply what you what you can from it. But just the individuals that I guess you could say are hating and, and all that stuff, just learn just so, you know, keep doing you, yeah. you know, and, and not necessarily worry too much about it. Yeah. So I, I get that. Um, with, oh, okay. We can go ahead and transition into this since this is right after. So take me through, I know we talked about UCLA already and whatnot, but take me through just a little bit more in detail, just in 2018, the Pac-12 Gymnastics Championship, the Michael Ooh. Jackson tribute. Just take me through that, like, before, like, mentally and, and after seeing, like, the videos go viral and the Perfect Ten performance and all that. Um, okay, so so my uh, junior year, actually, mm-hmm. remember Pac-12s, my team first went viral. Okay. And it had, like, 80 million views on Facebook and then got deleted because of copyright issues. Uh. Um, Gymnastics was in a really weird time during that period. Okay. Because it was still all the Larry Nassar trials. Mm. And no one was really looking for the light in gymnastics. Okay. And then my senior year is when the, I'm sure, you know, 100 million people yeah, saw it. Saw, so, saw the video. So, um, <laughs> it was... It was kind of interesting because I wasn't expecting any of the stuff that followed it, really. Okay. So it was like... It opened up a lot of doors for you? So many. And uh-huh. I was like, well, I hate social media, but I love it for this reason. Yeah. It's given me a lot of opportunities and practically a job right mm-hmm. now. So um, I just remember my friends were like screenshotting things and they were right. like, this celebrity said this about it. Because I had to get off social media. It, and I too, it became like too much during that it time? Was so, it was so much. Okay. Like every time I'd open my phone, there was thousands. Thousands, of yeah. And it was actually Malia's birthday uh-huh. that like day <laughs> and i felt so bad because i was like uh like my wanna, life was going wild yeah you want to like cherish that day for yes. her and everything and so my mom actually was in town and she held this beautiful thing at my apartment mm-hmm. she decorated the whole thing for oh, her so nice. we got that time still yeah. but we like flew the next day to new york okay and i was on good morning america and it was wild and then yeah. from there it's like i had to get back train and we traveled that weekend to for a competition so wow. i was in school competing interviewing left and right yeah and like trying to do 
all these things and stay. stay. Yeah, that's what we say. You, you needed a moment to breathe. Yeah. Definitely. That's why this time is great. Right, right. And that's that's crazy, though, like how you said, you know, Malia's birthday was during the time and, and you're just getting big and you don't really know. Like, I guess when it happens, you don't really know how you're going to react till it actually happens. Yeah. You know, so I can only imagine like, you know, video going viral. You've been doing it your whole life. And that's the thing that always kills me because it's like, I've always been a beam person my entire okay. life. That's what I was known for when yep. I was in elite. Okay. And now everyone's like, oh, floor, 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 floor. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not even like my good thing. Yeah. But whatever, we'll take it. Uh -huh. And I'm glad that I actually have the pass that I did because I feel, feel like I'd be really uncomfortable mm -hmm. in this situation if I wasn't already like acclaimed as an elite gymnast. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because we were saying earlier, I was like, you're, you're the LeBron James of gymnastics. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead statement. yeah we're gonna go ahead and throw that on there real quick lebron james because he's he's so great like on and off the floor it's 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 crazy so how were you able to like you just talked about like how everything just kind of like hit you so fast and everything so how were you able to find that like equal balance between training and just living life at that point Ooh, there wasn't a lot of balance in the beginning okay. it was it was me just kind of traveling everywhere and doing a lot of things. And I realized it's like your phone takes so much energy. And I, yeah, man, yeah. the second I'd be able to sit down, which would only be for a second, Everything I would be just, on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I have to be selfish for this A little time. bit, yeah. You know, I need I'm, the me time. Yeah. Sure. So I'm like, let me put this away. Like, mm -hmm. it was weeks before I finally got to sit down and journal about, like, what I was feeling. Uh -huh. So um, I you, needed wait, to Wait, did you have to get, time. like, two phones? No, no, that would be that even, oh. That would be crazier? Yes, I feel like. I feel like you just throw social media on one end. I feel like I need one yeah, because, like. Definitely. It's a lot. I'm telling you, throw social media on one phone and the other one more personal. Yeah, and I'm also really bad at, like, giving out my <laughs> number. Uh, so you're just <laughs> like, oh, here, just hit me up. Two phones. I just got in trouble with that today. Really? <laughs> Are we want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> Gonna take it, take us through that. I was long, I was longboarding, and this person came up and they were like, "Oh, you want me to take a video?" And I'm like, "You know, what? actually, I really do." Yeah. And then the whole thing happened. The little conversation, like, so. like we should hang out sometime. Yeah. yeah, it happens. It happens. It's longboarding. We're, that's funny though. That's funny. So back to a little bit, like how you said you were, you know, started writing and, and blogging and whatnot. So I read your blog, Living Normal Abnormally. And I just want to commend you for, like, wow. speaking up on, like, the flaws, you know? You know a lot about me now. I had to do my research. Come on now. I had to do my research a little bit. But I just want to commend you for that because when people see, like, people like you, for instance, with, with such a huge following, they only think of, like, all the good things you're going through and not full circle of, like, you being actually a human. And, and you go through some of the same stuff, like, you know, others go through. So I want to commend you for just talking about your flaws and, and bringing them to light. So the people who do share those same flaws are able to have someone they, they relate to, you know? That's so kind of why I started doing it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I feel like that's what's most important. And I feel like with me and my story, you know, three, three knee surgeries later within like the last five years of my collegiate career and just talking about the mental aspect that I went through, just with all the rehab and stuff, I feel like I, I don't want to say I owe it to anybody, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm the person that needs to, to speak up on these things to help, help the next, you know, young athlete that's aspiring to, you know, play collegiate, you know, basketball or, you know, go on with it further. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah. So why, a um, little bit, so why do you feel, you know, it's important to like share your flaws um, as well as the positives? 
I think it's so easy to put, you know, the best part of ourselves on social media. Right. And when I was going through all these things, like it was my junior year when I started having my stomach issues and I'm okay. like, I'm dying yeah. and I'm alone and no yeah. one else is going through this. Everyone on social media is beautiful and smiling uh-huh. and lives this glamorous life. Right. And, and I've always been a pretty open book. So I was like, I feel like I need to do this to help others not okay. feel like they're the only ones. And remember like my skin condition, like I have this lovely guy. Um, yeah. And I got that in 2008. I remember waking up one day and I'm like. Yeah, like, like, like I don't know what this right. is. Like, like what's do going I have on? Ringwormed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like I remember getting it cut, and they were like, "It's gonna go away in three years," and now it's it's a part of you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's, wait, twelve years later, right, and, and it's, it's only like multiplied. So right. um, yeah, I feel like it was really important. The feedback that I've gotten back is kind of the thing that has helped me continue means most, speaking. Means the most to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's like. I think you simultaneously while helping others, you help yourself and realize mm. like, okay, yeah, I'm not the only one. And this is giving a lot of people like hope. And uh-huh. I've had so many people like, I got to remove my bandages today because you right. allowed me to do that. And yeah. it's like, it's all, it's all that. That's so dope. You know, I appreciate that and that you're doing that. Cause like you said, people need to understand, you know, with, yeah, with the huge following, like there's the positives, but you got to learn people full circle to really know like who they are and what they go through on a daily basis. And I feel like even with mental health, just like people being more comfortable speaking out on that recently, I feel like, like guys like Kevin Love and like DeMar DeRozan and NBA talking about it more so because I feel like when you initially talk tell someone like, oh, you're depressed or oh, you're going through anxiety, like they look as it as, as a form of weakness. Rather than like, oh, well, let's let's, you know, seek help or, or see, you know, how you can, you know, move past those type of things. So just like like you said, just talking about that type of stuff is important. And, you know, we got to continue to bring more awareness to it and, you know, find different you know outlets that people cope with, um, you know, with those type of things. Right. So a little. So, you know how you said in your quote on NBC News, you said the sport did not define me anymore. And that hits home for me, like I said before, just like basketball just doesn't define me anymore. And I found that out recently, maybe, what, four or five months ago. And it was hard for me to step away because, you know, I put so much hard work and dedication and love into this sport. It's probably like one of my first loves. And for it to come to me just feeling overwhelmed with it, uh, with all the knee surgeries and trying to get back to my original self and finally saying, like, you know what, like, I'm interested in a lot of other things and I feel like this is taking a lot of my time and stepping away from it. So, so take me through like your feeling of knowing it was time to step away. Um, I'm almost grateful that I got injured when mm-hmm. I was 16 okay. because it did give me a lot of time to go through my first like dip. Same. You know? Like I was, I was probably what I want to say 17 when I went through my first injury and it made me a whole better person and a more well-rounded person because all I knew was, was basketball. You probably, all you knew was probably gymnastics. So, so yeah, go ahead. So you get to take that time and it's like figure other things out and, Mm -hmm. you know, get savvy with it. Right. And and so then when you're actually done with it, which I don't know if you've experienced it yet, Mm -hmm. like a second dip almost, or is it Mm -hmm. like, I'm good now? Like, I feel like I didn't really go through. Yeah. Uh, I feel like. I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan yeah. so i still get like the anxiety that comes with the happiness and all that just watching my favorite players and teams so i get that enjoyment i get to see like my, my bros who play professionally and and i get to kind of live through them but a second dip i mean i think when i do watch it sometimes i i miss it a little bit yeah which is always 
I yeah. feel like it's always going to be a part of us. Mm-hmm. Like we're always probably going to miss it a little bit. Right. But sometimes then I'm getting, I'm like, man, three, three knee surgeries later and stuff. I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. I don't even want to chance it. So, so then I, I, I'm, I'm appreciative of everything that's, you know, uh, what it's taught me so far in my life and how I can apply it to the next phase. Right. You know, I was just watching videos the other night of me and I was like, wow, okay, I'm kind of getting a little, like, I miss this yeah, feeling. It's a, the it's a feeling, feeling of, mm-hmm. like, trying to recreate that performance aspect and that. Yeah, all those and, fans out there you know, and, you know, giving it your all. and Yeah, definitely. I feel like that's that's the big part, like, you know, being my parents, being able to come watch me play and my friends and hearing that feedback and, you know, tell, people telling you great game, kill, and all that stuff. What advice would you give your younger self to help overcome adversity? Like with the everything you know now. I would tell myself to speak up for myself more, mm. you know, stand up for myself. Because I feel like back then I was so scared and I, I feel like sometimes I still am. Like I still yeah. hold on to those feelings and like mm-hmm. I don't like to vocalize. I don't like hurting other people or making things, same, same. you know, <laughs> yeah. weird. So yeah. it's like. Um, just being able to really speak my mind and mm-hmm. be honest with myself and other people mm-hmm. is something that I would tell myself to be sooner. Definitely. Definitely. I would say the same, just, just being able to, you know, speak up and tell people exactly how I'm feeling like in the moment, not waiting and then feeling overwhelmed about it. Yeah. Because when we, because you don't even know what you're feeling in that moment. When exactly. You normalize everything and then you blow up and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, I I don't know what I'm actually. Yeah, because I started getting like anxiety in a sense that I'm trying to please too many people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm putting 110, 110 into it, knowing what I want out of it. And then, you know, I have your, your parents, your friends, your coaches, all these people telling you like, yo, you got to be great. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it just becomes like, yo, like relax like you know like this isn't uh, this isn't me 110 percent. like i'm i'm so my mind is into other things too yeah. you know so, so what was your like motivation in basketball like who ooh, was it was it you or was it i would like to say i'm i'm very self-motivated nice very self-motivated um i didn't really have anyone in my family necessary like to really look up to kobe was big in my life as far as just like finding that motivation though um right now my favorite player is russell westbrook so like his energy is crazy like on the floor and just to speak on Kobe a little bit because he sponsored my high school so I got to meet him maybe twice we got to go and watch him talk and I've been watching video I was watching a video this morning he was talking about how to like outwork your potential and like that just hits so hard and and that's kind of like what I wanted to do like I was putting 110 percent into to basketball like literally like goals like college scholarship professional like the list goes on but um, I feel like, yeah, I was self-motivated and I just, you know, took that time out. And I think what, you know, what made me want to start playing basketball was video games. Honestly, I was just playing video games and Dwayne Wade was like my favorite player growing up at a young age. Then I kind of transitioned into Kobe and everything he stood for. And just his mentality is crazy. Like his work ethic and how you can apply that to, like you said, to so many things in life. So I would say, you know, kudos to all of them. Yeah. Um, and all that so like what what who is your like the person you look up to as far as like what gymnastics and everything like at a young age who are you looking up to i didn't really watch like sports mm. or gymnastics growing up mm. so it's funny i remember always getting asked that question and it was like Ugh. i don't really know yeah but now i realize it's like all my teammates that were side by side with me it's like they're the reason why i kept going and okay you know getting no 
work next to them and keep getting pushed and have a reason to come in that day. When you right. go through struggle with someone, it makes you guys that much closer. It makes you guys that much facts. better. So facts. No, that's facts. You guys, yeah, that's big. And I guess that that was me too. Um, doing my second and third knee surgery, my teammates were like, I love them to death. So I'm like, man, I got to keep trying to play. Like, I got to come back this time and be better. So that was my motivation. And, and kind of like Miss Val, she was, you know, so meaningful to you. My last coach, uh, Isaac, Isaac Williams, he, he meant so much to me. And for me to have to step away and him being my coach, I felt bad. But I definitely, like, cherish, like, everything about him because he's made me, you know, more comfortable when I got on the like on the floor. I know before him, I was so worried about the numbers and stuff. And he would always tell me like, Akil, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. Have fun. Yes. Like, like be you have fun, man. Like, you know, all the accolades and all that will come, but just have fun in the moment. And I wasn't able to do that consistently, but I definitely appreciate him realizing like, that's what I was really going through. Like putting too much pressure on myself. I'm glad you experienced that. Yeah. And I'm glad, especially like your last year, because that's what you can leave mm -hmm. with remembering. Because mm -hmm. I feel like so many times, like we put so much pressure on ourselves yes. to be this quote unquote perfect that perfect. doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and that's so big. Like you put so much, but you just know you put so much time on it, time on it, and individual training that you expect yourself to like reach perfection when mm -hmm. that isn't always the case. So we'll transition a little bit from, like, all the sports and all that stuff. Um, how, well, how would you define yourself in one word? Ooh. Malia, I need help with this. How would you define her in one word? That's tough, right? I like, well, one but I word. feel like that's a weird word to use, too, but, like, free spirit. Free spirit? Unique? Oh, like, eccentric. Eccentric? Maybe. No? I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Explain <laughs> that. But why would you say that, though? Explain that a little bit. Because it's like a uniqueness mm -hmm. to it. Like, it doesn't really fit like a box because I feel like I've always tried to define, like, or, like, redefine boxes. Right. In terms of... Just always trying to step outside and not yeah. just be held in. And I feel like sports keep you inside of a box. Yes. And that's why I was so eager to, like, step outside and, like, experience <laughs> something new, you know? How would you... No. What is your definition of self-love? I've actually contemplated a lot during this uh -huh. um, time, and uh -huh. I talked to one of the Earth Gang members, okay. Lou. Okay. Was this, like, when you were on live? On live, and okay. I'm so upset I didn't save it, and then I screen recorded it, and there's no volume, so uh, I'm just really sad, yeah. but anyways. It's all good. In due time, it'll, it'll, it'll yeah. happen again. It was a great conversation, uh -huh. and he hit his full year of celibacy, actually. Um, That's so cleansing. Yeah. That's the first thing I think about. Yes. So... Um, this month of May has been really dedicated to myself and like mm -hmm. living a healthier lifestyle mm -hmm. of what like self-love really means. Right. And getting familiar with like loneliness and aloneness. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so easy to preach self-love. And sometimes I question if like I really felt that way. And some days it's a lot easier to wake up and be like, I feel great about myself. And other days right. you're like, mm, nitpicking every little thing. <laughs> yes. And so... I feel like one of the greatest things is it's always going to be this journey that you're constantly on and your 100% is going to look different than your 100% yesterday. Facts. And we learn a lot about that in sports because not every day is going to be the same and exactly. you're not going to feel great every day. Yep. But it's learning to really get comfortable with the things you weren't always comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what I've learned a lot 
of self-loving is like taking the things that I was so insecure about and now loving them. Yeah. Quarantine has been so cleansing for me. I feel like mentally, physically, emotionally, just being able to, like I said, be around my loved ones, really communicate with my loved ones and, and really cherish, cherish this moment and take it all in because, you know, sports have consumed my life for so many years and I haven't, haven't recently been able to really like you know cherish being around my family and all this time and now like being here and everything like it just makes me feel 10 times better I'm, I'm in the gym working out now working on my body and everything so people can't call me skinny anymore but <laughs> <laughs> so just all that that's just that just you know means so much to me right now um so what's kind of your your motto right now and uh you're living by because i know it changes it has it, to change it right all the, all the time mm-hmm. and i feel like uh i have so many and i I told you i was gonna look through my phone before and i found like five different ones yeah i mean give us give us a couple of them if you want if you want so kind of something we were talking about was sharing our story Uh um i have this tattoo on my arm that's psalm 119 130 and it's the unfolding of your words gives light it gives Uh understanding to the simple okay and so for me i feel like I actually found it in a book i was reading Mm -hmm. and it was about like religion and so many of these things she was questioning right and she was like, it's not necessarily about poetry, but at the end of the day it is because our words that we formulate create homes mm-hmm. in a community with one another to share our stories and encourage other people okay. and um, find acceptance through them. So yeah. that's one of the huge ones that I love. Um, I also love Still Waters Run Deep because no matter how hectic things are at the surface, when you go low and your core values, all these things, mm-hmm. they will always remain the same. Um, and I guess... My coach really instilled this in us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you asked any UCLA gymnast, okay. this has to be one of our mottos because yeah. we hear it so many times. Uh-huh. But life is a series of choices, and the choices we make dictate the life we live. Right. Uh, Trials and tribulations. Yeah. Trial and error. So yeah. it's like we ha- we have control over our minds, you right. know. Everything we do, everything we think we have starts a with that. We Yep. We create our destiny, and I think that also goes hand in hand with not everything happens for a reason, but we give reason to the things that happen. And mm, yeah, that's deep. That's, <laughs> that's 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 facts, though. That's and I feel like people lose sight of that. We always have a choice, like, and we need to be like everybody. Sometimes needs to be a little bit more selfish. And and not worrying about, you know, trying to please everybody. Yes, people pleasers are like my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you at the end of the day, it's just like you want to be so you want people to be able to reach out to you and you be helpful. Right. But sometimes you got to You know, sometimes it's just not going to work out or you have to say no, you know, yep. just you to give to, yourself that time. Everyone needs to understand that. You have to rely on yourself at the end of the day. And yep. if you can't go to yourself for something, then you're not, like, mm-hmm. living right. Mm-hmm. Billie Eilish has this quote that's like, if everyone were to drop dead this second yeah. and you were left with yourself and you were aspiring all these things that other people wanted of you yeah. and you were left with all that, you would, oh, it would all be for nothing. Nothing, yeah. that And that's crazy. All right, we're going to transition into a couple of hot questions, you know, real quick. Okay. And then some would you rather questions. Okay. So the first one is relationship status. Single. Single? Looking for somebody? You know what? And I think that's something with self-love is if you would have asked me like a year ago, I was almost like a serial dater, I felt like. Uh Uh-huh. And. Trying to find the right one? Yeah. No, I feel like this is the right one. Mm. Like, there's so many things that I want to (laughs) do. 
Leo in there. Sorry, that was she's like, she's like, like, I'm the right one. I'm the right one. You have to invest in yourself. And uh, I think one of the poems that you were talking about earlier with Uh me, it had to do with like having, it's loving yourself before because you can't love somebody else. You can't, you can only recognize love when you know that love. Mm -hmm. And so you have to know that love within yourself in order to give it and receive it. So that's something that I've been working on for the past year. Yes. One thing I despise is like people are like, you're supposed to, you're supposed to do this for me as far as like emotion. Like you're supposed, like, nah, like you're supposed to love yourself and I'm supposed to be the, the cherry on top. Yeah, like you, know? you guys are supposed to be elevating each other and Facts. one another and going in, you know, your own paths, but side by side, mm-hmm. you know. Well, can, you know, got to like coexist. Yes. Yeah. And that's just not something I'm, I don't know. Listen, yeah. I took a lot of time and invested a lot of time into people. Uh-huh. And that's great. That's a different type of growth. But you need that self-growth before. To and, get you ready for that. And I feel like where I'm at in life, there's so many things that I need to do before I can put any time. And Facts. I, I'm selfish. I feel right you. Now. You got to be. You got to be. I have to. You got to be <laughs> selfish with your time sometimes. If there was $20 million hanging off a cliff and a love of your life, which one would you save? The l- love of my life, I would say my love. Yeah, like what? I would just ask. Some people say they might save the 20 mil. You just never know. I would make the 20 mil on the side while saving them. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yep. So who who's like one of the more famous people that tried to pursue you? Like DM, anything? Uh, that's tried pursuing me. Yeah, like wanted to get. You can't put them on his last. All right, it's all good. (laughs) All right, who who is who's one of the people that you've tried to pursue? Can you say that at least? Um, who have I tried? I mean, so like, (laughs) (laughs) like like, spill the beans. Well, don't spill the beans, Malia. It's not that I like tried to pursue them in that Uh way, but I remember (laughs) this is gonna be so weird. I (laughs) is it really? So my sixth grade crush Uh was Little Wayne. Uh, And I saw you. He did like a happy birthday thing for you, right? No, I did the happy birthday thing with him when I hit Uh a million followers. Mm -hmm. I did a little tribute, a Millie, and yeah, it was fire. No, I I watched it. That was fire. I was like, wow. That was the love okay, of my life okay, right there when okay. I was. I understand. Nah, Lil Wayne's the goat. He's one of the he's one of the goats in the you know in the rap industry and everything. He paved oh, the way for a lot of guys. Kidding? He is so like brilliant. Yeah, so yeah. Brutal. So let's let's transition to these would you rather questions. Would you rather lose all your money and valuables or all the pictures you have ever taken? Ooh, that's really hard. <laughs> There's no backup pictures. <laughs> like, there's no hard drive. Yeah, nothing. They're um, all gone. They're all gone. I would say I'd rather lose the pictures, though, because hopefully I have those memories. Valuables and, like, other oh, okay, things. Yeah. Like, Don't you have the memory, like, you know. You have yeah. to. Facts. Facts. I'll take that. I'll take Sometimes that. Sometimes I look back at pictures, though, and I'm like, I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Would you rather have everything on your phone right now made public to everyone? Uh, who searches your name or never use a cell phone again? Uh. <laughs> Shoot, I hope I don't got nothing too bad. Nothing in there. too crazy. <laughs> Which one are you going with? I'm gonna go with. I get. Can I delete a couple things? A couple things. Everything. Everything's out there. Everything. Everything. Um. Oh, I wish I could say not use my phone, but I might. 
have to go with the other one because mm. phone's crucial, man. Everything goes out there. For the life of me. Yeah. No, right, right now, definitely. Not. It's probably very pivotal for you to have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather be feared by all or loved by all? Loved by all. Okay. Living out of fear is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Would you rather lose all your memories from birth to now or lose your ability to make long-term memories? These are really good questions. I'm going to have to hold on to these and pocket them. <laughs> um, hmm. This is the last one. Give me something good. Okay. I feel like the uh, uh, the ability to remember, or like long-term. Long-term? Yeah, because... Mm. Bec- but I don't know, because you'd still have a lot of the core values. I feel like right. everything that we've been through and every moment has shaped us to be this person so Mm -hmm. who would we be if we didn't remember anything exactly that's what i'm like "Mm, i don't know would you lose would you rather lose all your memories from birth to now or lose your ability to make long-term memories well because at least you'll have have the short because i can't remember anything already (laughs) (laughs) so i'm just like "Mm, i don't really know i talked to someone in swahili today Uh and that was because i remembered that from third grade so that would be third grade i don't remember anything like from from, like uh, from elementary <laughs> i don't remember anything uh well that's yeah, that's all i got for today um any questions anybody any questions out there malia any questions everybody's all good nobody no, no more questions we're good all right quick little advertisement for my mom <laughs> i did this last time i almost forgot it so my mom is a massage therapist and she has, you know, therapeutic, you know, things such as uh, bath salts and all that stuff. So tune into BAM's therapeutic software. Well, she launched her website last week, last weekend, I believe. But her therapeutic essentials include salt scrubs, botanical uh, bath salts and you know herbal wraps. Um, her Instagram is underscore BAMS, B-A-M-S underscore massage therapy, M-A-S-S-A-G-E, T-H-E-R-A-P-Y. Tune into that. What was that? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm about to say, damn, you didn't get that? Um, no, I'm about to go in there right now and get my work done. For real. Um, no, t- reach out to her, post, whatever. Um, she's dope. You know, it's hard right now because massage therapists can't really, you know, do their thing. Um, but you know, all the athletes that listen and whatnot, check her out. You definitely need to keep your body right. That's one thing I did learn, man, going through all these injuries and whatnot. Um, and shout out to my dad, salute to the power at salute to the power, come to the gym, come check it out, come get some work in and, you know, appreciate you, Caitlin, for, for taking the time. I know you're pretty busy, so, you know, making this time and, and, you know, really making it worth it and everything. So I appreciate you coming on and. You know, having this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I've yeah. had a blast. These yeah. are great questions. Appreciate that. So it's another speak on the episode. It's your boy Akil. Until next time. <laughs>